0: Welcome to Dial the Gate, episode 171, the Stargate Oral History Project. My name is David Reed. We have John DeLancey joining us in this episode. Uh, I really appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoy Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, please uh, hit that uh, like button. It uh, helps promote uh, the channel. We're going to dive right in here. John DeLancey. Colonel Frank Simmons on Stargate SG One, although I personally know him as Q, growing up on uh, Stargate, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. John, thank you so much for joining me.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: This is this is a real treat. Did you? I, I want to uh, jump right into uh, Stargate, and we'll, we'll get to some other things here. Um, did you? get into uh get involved with stargate sg1 through rick was that was that a uh, request a connection through him how did you get involved with uh with with uh stargate
1: well just that i I had done a show with rick and um mike greenberg the producer his producer um called legend Mm -hmm. and um and then uh and then stargate happened for him and uh uh so i got called you know it, it was really more of a f- friendly thing rather than perhaps you know a a character that they just had to find somebody to to um to uh, act to perform so it was mostly through that
0: okay okay and what did you um what did you make of this guy this this uh this politician, government bureaucrat slash military. Who was, who was Frank Simmons on the page?
1: Well, I mean, he was, (laughs) Frank Simmons was sort of a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I have less uh, connection with that character simply because, you know, I think I only played it once or twice, twice, two or three times. Um, um my connection was really my friendship with uh, with Mike Greenberg and 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 uh, and Rick um, this was it, I just it, it, either I didn't really you know do much with it the character but my fault or the character didn't have a lot going on so that there wasn't a lot for me to um jump in on with that so it's not really but something that i have spent much time thinking about um over the years i mean i probably would not be thinking very much about um star trek if if it weren't for the fact that that people keep on asking about it over and over again which i'm happy to answer them and you know and obviously that performance and that show has become um how dare i use the word well let's just say iconic or legendary or, or at least um it's 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 something that a lot of people ask me about um um colonel simmons is not
0: mm-hmm. that's fair um i can tell you though from uh from the stargate circles though that it's it was it was a big deal to have you on uh the show and um you know that and this is certainly true with with star trek and 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 well, pretty much any kind of form of entertainment, your good guys are only as good as your villains are vile, you know?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, and that's one of the things that makes playing mm-hmm. villains fun. And that is especially, especially if you consider that they are not villains, but that they are heroes, at least in their own mind, mm-hmm. they are heroes. Um even the most villainous of people don't start the morning with looking in the mirror and say saying how how horrible can I be today. Um they always have a point of view and something that they want to achieve where we as reasonable people might consider that to be um not worthy of uh, uh but um they don't start out by wanting to be villainous.
0: What was it like working with Rick? From legend to well, to- I had
1: worked with Rick. Rick is is um, is a wonderful actor, and he is a, he's he's a consummate. Um, he really understands the camera, so he understands what's being shot and what's being you know stuff like that. Because he and Mike would spend well, I mean, countless hours. In the editing room, and that's something that you just don't get until you 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 have that opportunity. Uh, he got that opportunity because of MacGyver, and then was able to take that and begin to to apply it. So um, when I met him with Legend, it became apparent really early on—I mean, almost immediately—that he really knew his business.
0: Did you notice um, any similarities between how uh, uh, Stargate was done compared to your to your work on Star Trek, heavy on the visual effects? You know, uh, we're talking uh, at, at the time that you entered a series that was in its like fifth season. Were there any similarities between the two in terms of production value or any or the the way things ran?
1: When you say I entered a series in the f- fifth season, which which series? Stargate SG One. Stargate SG One. Um, um it was much looser the shooting the the shooting environment was much looser in sg1 um and i think that that's very much a uh um, a reflection of who uh rick is and who mike greenberg is um you know star trek we could not improvise at all at all we just we just couldn't uh for for um um uh, um picard um, it's yet again a different thing, you know, Picard, Star Trek, Picard, because um there they are using, you know, legacy actors now who we know we know these characters pretty well. And they've been very, very nice in being able to say, well, what do you think? And do you think that, you know, and. You know, could I add a word here and, you know, might I, you know, improvise a phrase here? And they go, yes, of course, and stuff like that. That was not the case in Star Trek. Uh, but it was the case in, um, in um, Stargate. Um, uh, so that was certainly a, a huge difference in shooting styles.
0: I would imagine so yeah the 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 star trek sets those stories are notorious for you like if you wanted to change a word it had to run up the the flagpole and often it had to run up the just, flagpole
1: yeah. and you might have as i did you know long complicated speeches and then uh-huh. you know you'd finish and you thought that you had done a good job and uh they would turn to the script supervisor and simply say well did he, did he oh. say all the words and then And then, you know, this group supervisor would say, you know, in in extreme cases, well, he said was not as opposed to wasn't. And then they'd have to decide whether they were going to shoot it again. And you're kind of going, guys, this really turns the turns the exercise into recitation Mm -hmm. and not acting. Um, You know, we we have very little time with the material. It isn't as if we have done this as a play where this is the third week of saying the same stuff. Um, You know, you're just kind of uh, so people who are particularly advantaged by that type of environment. um, Kate Mulgrew has almost a photographic memory. Uh, um, um, Patrick, uh, very good uh, with memorizing, you know, I'm, I was just the opposite. I, I, I'm very dyslexic. And so I would take, take me a week to learn my
0: stuff. Uh, Yeah. I can understand my, my mother is dyslexic as well. And you know, that's things that you don't, you know, that there's things that you can't see on the surface that people have to deal with that, you know, it's, it's not easy. You know to, to sit, right. sit with your mother in a, in a in a restaurant and and help her read the menu sometimes you know but you'd never know sure, because never if know you don't person.
1: have any phonetic if you weren't taught in my case uh not only uh was i dyslexic but i was taught i mean and this is all before they knew what mm-hmm. dyslexia was nobody said the word dyslexia right. they would say you know you're slow or you know stupid or 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 lazy um but if if me certainly and maybe your mother was then not taught um to read fanatically then you are you are completely at sea yeah
0: yeah yeah i'm thankful for for smartphones now that you can press the audio button and tell it what you want because <laughs> yes. it's made her life right. so much easier.
1: Yes, right, right. I mean, yeah, I write quite a bit, and there's nothing better than to have, uh, you know, spell check
0: and all that type of stuff. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly right. I want to uh, take, uh, uh, you know, before I do that, I. What was it like getting called back for for Star Trek, uh, Picard? That must have been. Did Patrick reach out to you, or what was? No, no, no. no. Okay. Um,
1: um. No, the um uh the producers did Terry uh in particular did and uh and it was fun i mean i you know i went to paramount to talk to him and uh um he said well i'm sure you expected this call and i said well actually i didn't terry you must understand um, star trek has done a bunch of um, mm-hmm. movies since then And so and i wasn't involved in those so no i wasn't expecting them and he said, do you have any questions? And I said, yes, you're not. Are, 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 my first big concern is, are you putting me back in those tights? Because <laughs> <And, laughs> it would be really unseemly. And he said, no, no, no. And then my serious question was, are we recreating or are we creating? Are yeah. we, so he said, we're creating. And so, which, you know, for in the acting creative world, uh lexicon that that's that means that that's good.
0: Absolutely. That, Explore yeah. new territory. Right. Do you think he's really dead? Or should I say like he, he's ceased to exist? I mean, well gosh. I
1: think you're gonna have to find out.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's all right. There we go. Yeah. It's you know, Quinn said in Voyager, you know, we may appear omnipotent, but we're not and you know, people were like, How can he die? He's he's not it's like, no, he they're actually not. He just says that he is, because he's full of himself. So um what what, an, what a what a great uh role. And I, I have to take a, a moment personally to to thank you for my love of audiobooks. Um, your work with Leonard Nimoy in creating alien voices has uh Something it's just something that's lasted with me since I was was young. I can't go to bed now without listening to a book. Um, what was that project like to work with him to to create those masterpieces?
1: Oh, they were great. Um, I I directed Leonard in um, in, in I think it's it called Invasion from Mars. It, it was the the H.G. Wells uh, War of the Worlds. Uh But Howard Koch had written it as Invasion from Mars, which was the uh, Orson Welles script Um, or the Howard Koch script that was done for the Mercury Theater. Uh And when we finished that, I said to uh, I said to Leonard, did you have a good time? And He said, oh, I had a great time. I said, well, Leonard, I have an idea that has been percolating for a while. And um, and he said, well, come to my office and let's talk about it. So when I explained to him what I had in mind, uh, it's 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 very funny because I'm, I mean, funny is not funny, but it's it's apropos that you yeah. should ask me that question because I'm writing an article right now about uh, a book that meant a great deal to me, which was The Law, which was uh, Mysterious Island by Jules Verne. And um, I I explained to him that I wanted to do um, adaptations of Classic works. I wanted to do them in a way that the author would actually recognize the work, um, and there's a story behind that. And that um, I had, I thought we'd start with a time machine, and then you know, journey to the center of the earth, and you know, on and on and on. So he said, "This is a great idea," and he said, "I can be in touch with uh, Simon and Schuster." And why don't uh, I said that's terrific because if we can create audio scripts which needed to be which they wanted to be about two hours long oh wow which is is beefy frankly a little too much but if you cracked it in the story and wrote a script then that script that was golden because then that script could become a a movie or a, a, a television show or or a theater piece and stuff like that. So that's how we proceeded. So um uh, a a writer and I uh, uh Nat Sigaloff wrote the scripts and then um we did them as plays. We did them um for the Sci-Fi channel, talking to the Sci-Fi channel people and uh Bless them, because you know they, they're television people. So mm-hmm. we went to them and we said, "Leonard and I would like to do First Men in the Moon." Oh, oh, Jesus! Yes, yes, both of you are in it. Yes, mostly meaning is Leonard going to be in it? And he goes, "Yes, yes, yes." And so, but let me explain to you how this goes. We want it to do it on a stage. They're you know, like what? And it's in front of microphones. And the actors are holding their scripts and there will be Foley artists and musicians on stage with them. And, you know, their eyes are rolling to the back of their heads. They're going, well, this is not, but to their credit, they said, okay, well, we'll try it. So we rented the theater here in the, in Los Angeles and we did the show and we had 1500 people in the audience wow. and, um, you know, all sorts of cameras flying around and, um, it was really successful so we ended up doing uh, i don't know four or five shows for a sci-fi channel wow so um so in any case it um uh, that was all part of uh that was all part of alien voices uh, it, it, alien voices came to a, a an end when leonard and i looked at each other one day it was about four years in and we went you know it's been great fun doing the shows writing them, um, getting the actors together, you know, post-production, all that stuff, all the stuff that we enjoy doing as artists was great fun. What has not been fun is selling the shows. That's not what we do. There, there are people who are very good at that, and you have a whole, you know, the marketing team and all, you know. Right. Da, 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 da. So we just said, you know what, we've done enough. We weren't... It wasn't like it was a... It was a labor of love. It was certainly not a, um, you know, a money-making venture.
0: No, it's it's the art for the art's sake. But thank right. you for it, because they're great. Yeah. So. Uh, Jer- I've got a, a few fan questions here. Uh, Jeremy Heiner, what was it like uh, acting with with Keegan uh, in Voyager? Is that kind of full circle for you bringing your own uh, yes, son in? Yes,
1: uh, Keegan is my son, and um, it... Um, you know, it, 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 it was fine. I, I thought that it would be kind of a, a cherished experience. But what I found is, is that as an actor, um, you're really going out, you know, the, you know, the, an example would be is like going out to play a tennis match. It's a competitive match. And if you are concerned, as I was about the other person and how are you doing? Are you feeling okay? Is this working out? Are you too nervous? Are you are all that type of stuff? Um, it, it takes away from what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And certainly is very different than the character I was playing. who mm-hmm. couldn't care less about any of those things. <laughs> so, um, i'm re- keegan did a wonderful job and i'm really really delighted um that uh that he did it and that um we got to quote act together but um it was not that kind of you know gooey uh-huh. sens- sentimental sort of experience it, it was me mostly being concerned about my the person on the other side of the net and that's not a way to play tennis <laughs>
0: lock watcher uh wanted to know what uh, uh was it like doing uh the star trek fan series continues and playing uh galisti um the monochromatic world that was that was remarkable script you know it's a, it's just a it's just a great episode of t v
1: what show is
0: that the star trek continues was the the fan production where you went in and you played Uh-oh. oh
1: yes yes Oh, I thought that that was very interesting. I mean, you know, uh, you know normally one doesn't do those type of things, yeah. but they sent me the script, and um, I immediately recognized it as being what made a, a script whose content was sort of what I consider the best of Star Trek. Um, uh, you know, Star Trek star trek were, were really teleplays um and when they were the most successful, they were about something <laughs>
0: right.
1: um that's why i've I've sort of become less interested in the movies um of late because um you know how many times do you blow up the enterprise um you know how much how many chases you know chasing and chasing it's you know, very like
0: action it. oriented
1: it's very action oriented but the thing is this is that star trek um there are franchises that are better at it what star trek at least i think it, in the minds of of the, the fans the ones who like star trek mm. is that it's it is they are oftentimes cautionary tales. Um, uh, they're certainly socially re- relevant tales. Um, and they, and and there's something to talk about afterwards. So that, when I saw that script, I went, oh my God, well, this is classic s- Star Trek. This is, this is Star Trek. And so I want to do it. Um, you know, the, the, mechanics of doing it um uh vic had created this whole um, set in georgia and all this work was being done and so many people were there mm. kind of as a as a labor of love and they and, and the, the sets and and on and on and on uh which was very impressive um but it's shoestring right um and um I I remember myself being like really sick with, you know, one of those colds, not this is pre COVID stuff, but one of those colds where you kinda go, Oh my God, I'm so underwater. But still the show was um a, a good show because it was a it was about something.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, Raj, uh, Luther wanted to know with space tourism on the rise, would you consider, uh, going into space?
1: You know, I, um, um, I, I, again, I, I'm referring back to this story, the mysterious island, um, the Jules Verne, which was my introduction to um, science fiction, my introduction to a particular way of thinking, a scientific way of thinking, the type of people who exhibit that and why I admired them so much. I then expanded my reading because I had difficulty reading to to um, um, stories about the the explorers of the uh, you know, 14th, 15th, 14th, 15th, 16th century. Um, So for me, everything is about the ocean. So um, I don't have that. um, I I don't have a yearning to go into space. My the space that I go into, I sailed to um, Tahiti Mm -hmm. and back. on this, in the same waters that Captain Cook sailed on, you know, if you want to think of it that way, um, I was. Uh, th- that's where my kind of imagination and my sense of exploration goes.
0: That's that's awesome. I always feel like I've missed a. a, a being from Southern Illinois, I've always felt that I've missed my sea calling, I, I love spending time on the, there's something about spending time on the water that's primordial in terms of like our connection to it. It's like, there's oh, there's something like on a species level.
1: Totally, and you know what, it, uh, the way in which I explain it is that if if I'm in a car driving through the mountains and I look into the forest, I'm happy that I'm in the car on the road because <laughs> I have no interest in being inside in the, in the, uh, in the forest. You know, um, I just did a job uh, and they put, put me up in a beautiful area. I mean, it was beautiful uh, in Colorado. You know, I would look at the mountains. I go, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but when I'm on the beach, uh, I want to be in the water or Absolutely. not, not in the water, but on the water. Absolutely. I want to be on the water. And then people often say to me, well, you, so you're swimming. I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm on the water, not in the water. <laughs> yeah. But for me though, it's the water. I don't know. It's just the water, the water. Mm-hmm
0: absolutely i i completely get it i have i i have been uh, poking around on on your website and exploring your um your your different passions i'm i'm going to be spending more time here in in the the next little bit but these autographs whoever designed this art is i mean maybe you had a bunch of different people do it, it is so cool you know these oh well this, my son did really yeah that's amazing they my
1: son very- started out as a um as my i have two sons yeah. one uh, one is is a diplomat the one who who uh i mean who is he he's in the state yeah. department the one who played my son on on um on the next generator or whatever it was Voyage. yeah, Voyager. and uh and the other sons um started out as an architect and as a designer and then moved from that into as a sideline designing maps, very interesting maps, kind of, you know, very designer-oriented kind of maps that ended up being in hotels, in lobbies, you know, 60-foot long and 20 feet high. Fire escape
0: way. stuff. What's that? Fire escape stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, and then uh, during COVID, the beginning of COVID, said, you know, Dad, you're not going to be able to go to... Uh, to the conventions you want me to come up with something and i said oh you know nobody's going to be interested and so I, he said well let me let me prove you wrong and so he he did that yeah yeah and right. he does it for a bunch of other people um uh star trek people uh, yeah. you know my friends you know uh, bob picardo uh, he also does it for uh um bill nye
0: Ah, there you go. Well, they're they're really impressive. We're gonna after I hang up from you, we're gonna go through some of this art, and I'm gonna I'm gonna order one. So, um, John, this has been uh extremely cool um uh to to be able to to talk with someone who is who has helped uh, you know shape your sci fi world is I'm sure you've heard that is a million times, but uh, it's it's very special for me, and uh, it's it's been great to have you, sir. Well, thank you,
1: and thank you for um, for uh, for persevering in terms of. uh, (laughs) I said it was impossible to get anyone to contact me, but even so, thank you. Yeah,
0: I appreciate your time. You, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show on this side, and um, you uh, you take care of yourself.
1: You too. Bye bye.
0: Thank you, John, John DeLancey. Everyone, Colonel Frank Simmons on Stargate SG One q in uh star trek uh you know it, every once in a while uh there are there are people who uh come across you in your life that um uh make an impact on on who you are and uh, uh just help you know to shape your world and and q really did that uh for me uh in in next generation i, I grew up on that show and uh Uh, it's, uh, it's really cool to have him check out some of this, this art here real quick. This is just, this is John Um, and you can get signed custom, uh, prints, uh, from John. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing Owen made these, but I love this one. This is exceptionally cool. Um, and, uh, so we're going to, I'm going to get myself one of these. I appreciate you tuning in, um, if you enjoyed this episode, click that like button, um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll continue to create more content like this. So uh, my thanks and my appreciation to uh, my moderating team, Summer, Tracy, Jeremy reese and Anthony, uh for continuing to make this show uh possible um my producer linda gate gabber fury uh big thanks to frederick marcu at concepts web keep style going uh and to all of you for for tuning in uh it means a lot for me to uh, to have you out there and to continue to be able to do the show and, and and share stories about uh, uh stargate and uh the things that uh fundamentally make up the, the show are very important so my thanks again to John Delancey for for joining me for this episode my name is David Reed for Dial the Gate and I'll see you on the other side Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed the producer is Darren Sumner co-produced by Linda Fury the composer is Neil Acre animations by Bryce Orrs the production assistant is Jennifer Kirby moderators include Summer Roy Keith Hommel Tracy Noller Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com.